I gained 45 pounds over four months. Let me explain why. My name is Clint Riggin. I'm the founder and CEO of Limitless Coaching, inspired to help people worldwide. In 2018, I competed in my last bodybuilding competition and my thyroid went underactive. And that is when I soon knew how important your hormones truly are. Limitless Coaching is partnered with the number one HRT therapy clinic in the world, Aspired Rejuvenation. We provide you the blood work, the telehealth consultation, and have your medication prescribed and sent within one week. If you feel your hormones are keeping you from being the best version of yourself, please visit the website, Live Limitless llc.com and fill out the short form below and one of our team members will reach out to you shortly we are here to help we get one life on earth our actions in that lifetime create ripple effects that cause many different outcomes what kind of impact will you make will you join those who have found the secret to mastering their legacy or will the ripples you make have no effect on this generation or those to come this podcast is dedicated to all with an interest in creating a legacy to last for generations. Welcome to Master Your Legacy with your host, Mike Taylor. And it is the Master Your Legacy podcast, week three. I'm your host, Mike Taylor, and I'm here with a very special guest tonight, Mr. Max Naist. And he's coming to us live from California on this podcast tonight. And uh, how are you doing tonight, Max? I'm doing amazing, Mike. I really appreciate you asking me to be a guest. Like, I'm excited for tonight. I think we're going to have a great episode. I think we are, too, because we have a lot in common. We, we really do. Yeah. We're, we're both in recovery. And you want to go ahead and kind of tell us about that? Um, yes. So I, I'll September 27th of this year, I will celebrate 18 years clean and sober. I haven't. And actually, yeah. So, wow. You know, see, when I say that, Mike, you know, like you, you have long-term recovery. Like sometimes we say that when we hear it, we're like, no way. Right, like, right. And, you know, like when I got sober, like I was facing three years in prison. Like I hadn't done anything the judge have asked of me. You know, I was like pretty much when I went to court the last time, the guy just looked at me, the judge and shook his head like I, you again. Like, I really don't want to deal with you. So I went through that process, you know, like I really didn't know what recovery was like. What was like, you know, AA or NA. I remember way back before I got sober, when I got in trouble, started getting in trouble with the law. Right. So, you know, I got my first, I think, paraphernalia. Um, the judge sentenced me to like this PC 1000. It's the, like the bare minimum. Right. And then you step up to what is like um, similar to what drug court is today. It was called Prop 36. Very similar. Right. You had to go for so many. It could last up to 18 months or you, you could finish it in six months. It all depends how much you put into yeah, it. Yeah. Right? And how fast you progress through the program. Yeah. OK. It makes right. sense. Yeah. Like like how bad do you really want it? Right. And um. And I remember going to do the intake and I'm sitting with the counselor and, and I remember and like I'm living in with my mom, right? Like I'm riding a skateboard. This is how bad my addiction got. So I remember she's, she's doing her intake and I was sitting there just looking at her and I just go, you don't need to waste your ink. And she looks at me and she's like, why? And I said, cause I'm going to, you know, jump my happy ass on my skateboard and I'm going to go get high. I go, I'm not coming back. And the lady had this look like, wow, he's, he's not going to get this, you know? And, and she said, I'll say a prayer for you. And I did, and I did my thing. And, you know, but it was part of that journey I had to go through to really hit that yeah. rock bottom. You know, I could say, I wish I would have finished that and this, none of the stuff I went through, but you know, all those challenges and struggles I went through, all the probation violations, and then finally facing like, this is reality. Like when the judge says, you're not leaving my jail because 
every time you don't do what I say. So there's two ways you leave my jail. I find you a program or I'm sending you to prison. Those are your only two choices, you know, and I'm sitting there like scratching my head going, well, three hots in a cot, I know how to do. So like I was at a point where I told the judge, do whatever you got to do. And he would get just so frustrated. I'll see you next month. So like back when I was getting in trouble, it was like your first probation violation was a 30 day stay in jail. Right. But of course you get good time. So I did all that 30, 60, 90. And now I'm doing my six month, the final, like I have no more county. Last time. chance. Even if I decide. Yeah. Even now with almost 18 years, I decide to go do something stupid and say, I get a DUI. They can bring all that stuff back and say, Oh, 18 years later, you still didn't learn your lesson. You're going to prison. So um, I burned out all my county time. And then that judge, like I said, was so frustrated with me. He's like, the first month, he's like, I'll see you later. So I literally did almost six months of jail time before they figured out what they were going to do with me. Because he was like, I'm not releasing you to the street. See, but the bright side of that is when I finally did get sobriety and I finally was serious about staying clean and sober, at three years sober, I got to go into his courtroom and thank him for that three years. That's awesome. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And it so, was, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was a glorious moment in your life. I gained 45 pounds over four months. Let me explain why. My name is Clint Riggin. I'm the founder and CEO of Limitless Coaching, inspired to help people worldwide. 2018, I competed in my last bodybuilding competition and my thyroid went underactive. And that is when I soon knew how important your hormones truly are. Limitless Coaching is partnered with the number one HRT therapy clinic in the world, Aspired Rejuvenation. We provide you the blood work, the telehealth consultation, and have your medication prescribed and sent within one week. If you feel your hormones are keeping you from being the best version of yourself, please visit the website livelimitlessllc.com and fill out the short form below and one of our team members will reach out to you shortly. We are here to help. Were you waiting on that day to happen? I mean, I'm sure the day was scheduled. Were you waiting on that day when it when three years came? No. Well, here's what happened, right? So after I got sober, when I, okay, so the, the place he sent me to was a sober living slash treatment place. He sentenced me there for a year and it was like, when he finally was like, okay, like, cause that place I went to wasn't even on probation's okay list to send people to. So they made an exception for me. Right. And he's like, okay, I'll send you to that place. And I'm thinking in my head going, well, okay, I'll probably do 90 to six months and then I can go do what I do best. Right. right? Yeah. Go out, get high. And he goes, I'll send you there, Mr. Nace, but I'm going to send you there for a year. If you slip up one millimeter, I'm going to send you to prison. So don't let me hear from your probation officer. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, there's a whole story through that. You know, like they found me places and I would raise my hand and go, no, your honor, I don't think you should send me there. You know, and my attorney and uh, they're looking at me like, wow, it's this guy, man, there's something wrong with him. And I ended up relapsing in that place four times. But like I said, when I finally surrendered, when I finally had, like I said to myself, I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm done. I'm going to do this no matter what. I stayed sober, right? I started working my steps. I went to Alcoholics Anonymous. I have a sponsor. I have the same sponsor that I have 18 years ago. Wow. That's you know, cool. Same guy. Yeah. yeah. Same guy. Guy saved my life. Um, so I began, I, I, I remember 30 days sober. I told my sponsor, I said, Hey, Daryl, I'm going to be a counselor. Cause my buddy was going through school. He's getting ready to graduate. Right. And I thought, wow, this guy, he's cool, man. This guy's going to be a counselor. And he looked at me and he goes, no, you're not. I'll tell you when I'm like, excuse me. But I listened to him because I told him I was willing to do it. You know, maybe he saw something I didn't. I said, okay. So I just dove into my recovery and I did my steps and I did all the things he told me to do. And at two years, he said, did you still want to go back to school? And I said, yeah. But in the meantime, I had started working at a, a treatment center, right? I was um, 
at this place called Cornerstone of Southern California. And I worked at their detox residential house. And I was the driver. I would take clients to their appointments. So it happened to be, um, I was two years sober or a year and a half sober when I started working there. I ended up working there for two years, right? So at year three, you know, right towards before I, I ended up leaving that place, I had to drive a, a client to his court appointment to, to go see the judge, right? Or his judge. And this lady that I knew that was the court liaison for the facility that would help, you know, people instead of going to prison, she would go advocate for them. For them say, yeah. We'll take him in, we'll, we'll get him sober and, you know, do progress reports. So, of course, I had to wait and I'm just walking around the halls, um, you know, and I had been at that courthouse many times in the past. And I passed by the one court and I look at the sign and there's the judge that sentenced me to, you know. So I'm like, wow, I go, I've always said I'm going to thank this guy, right? If I stay sober, I want to thank the judge. And I'd asked before, but um, my probation officer said, no, you cannot talk to a judge until you've actually completed all your probation and you've paid all your fines. And by then I had all done that. Right. So the lady was Bonnie. I said, Hey, Bonnie, can you get me in there? I said, I'd really like to talk to that judge. I go, he's the one that sentenced me to, uh, I, I said, he sentenced me to get sober. Right. And she laughed. She goes, Oh yeah, I know. I know him very well. So we walk in the court, I have a seat and she walks up to the podium and says, your honor, can I come up and speak to you? And she goes, Oh yeah, Bonnie, come here. You know, and they're talking like they're old buddies. You, They're laughing. You can hear them chatting. And, and then she turns around and, she goes, yeah, go to the podium. And so he goes, hey, young man, I hear you want to say something to the courts. And there I got my opportunity. And I said, your honor, I said, you're not going to remember me. But three years ago, you sent me to a place called Pacific Park. And you told me if I slipped up once or, you know, even a millimeter, you're going to send me to prison. I said, I want to tell you right now. And I want to thank you first. I said, I stand here with three years sober. And I said, if my kids were here, they would run up and give your give you a hug for giving their daddy back. And you could hear a pin drop. And he sat there and he's like, like, it was just silence. And then he said, wow, no one's ever thanked me before. And I said, well, I'm thanking you for helping me get sober. And I go, you changed my life. And he goes, wow, I probably sent 5,000 guys to prison since that time. But he goes, but thank you. No one's ever came to thank me before. And I said, well, you, you saved my life. And you could, like I said, you could hear a pin drop in. And it was just, it was crazy to be able to say like, that was one of those goals when I realized that setting goals worked, but I didn't realize right. what I was doing. Like, yeah. you know, that intention you set, like, and I realized that all that work I did on my recovery was leading up to that point at that time. You know what I mean? And I was so, like, wow, this stuff works. So in that program, they do set up structure in your life and it is not, not really similar, but it is kind of the same concept as we follow in, in Apex. Now, if you don't know what the Apex movement is, uh, look it up. Apex Entourage, look it up. But there, we, we follow a structure in Apex, and it's a life-changing structure that we follow in Apex. So so you got to thank the judge, and that's huge, man. I bet that was... That's one was, of those... It was one of those things you'll never forget, you know, that, like I said, wow, I actually changed and I got to thank this man who doesn't really know me and probably seen many like me go through his courtroom. But for that moment, I made his day by coming into his courtroom and thanking him for like, you know, I got this kid sober back then, you know. Now, if he would have sentenced you to prison, do you think there might have been a different outcome? Uh, definitely. You know, I think, Mike, if I would have went to prison, I may not be sitting here talking to you. Definitely not be a part of Apex, right? Because it could have set that the whole mindset, you know, into play where like, okay, I'm in prison. This is what I was meant to do. So I'm going to fit right in. Because here's the truth. When I 
started using and my addiction got really bad. And I basically went from like working at Xerox, you know, suit and tie guy, white picket fence, the wife and kids to the streets that happened in like a year's time. And then once I got to the streets, how fast I adapted was kind of scary. Like it was like I quit, like I adapted quickly. Right. So I always tell myself, you know, if I would have went to prison, you know, of course I would have tried to, you know, fit in. Right. 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 Survival of the fittest. Right. So I'm going to do what I got to do to survive in there. And who knows, it could have changed my whole mindset where I'm not even sitting here talking to you today. So I definitely look at those moments in my life as divine intervention kicked like God had a bigger plan for me than just to go to prison and then ruin my life and, and not be a part of my kids' lives and, you know, ruin family members. And yeah, it's, I look back and I used to just, I just think it's like, how, how lucky am I that I got those chances? Yeah. Right? A lot of people don't. People, yeah. There was, there was some grace there for sure. Absolutely. So when I relapsed the last time I made that decision, you know, like I'm changing my life and I'm never turning back. Like no matter how tough things get, so you I knew, am not going to turn back. You knew you had no reservations left at all. You knew that, that Absolutely. it was done. Yeah. And that's how, that's that. how it was for me too. Yeah. I, I knew. Okay. So here's, here's what happened. Like when I relapsed, I was in the facility, right? I was in the house when I, when I used and, uh, it was a one use thing, but it was like, okay, I, I did it, but I didn't get high. If you know what I mean? Like I, I like this feeling came over me. Like, here we go again. What's the old and, saying uh, in AA? There's nothing worse than a, than a belly full of beer and a head full of AA. Ab, there you go. Right. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I got. And I remember looking in the mirror and I could just see my life flashing before me. Like, okay, I'm going to go to prison or I'm going to die. Those are my two choices if I decide to keep going this route. Yeah. Because not only do I drink, I do other substances, right? I like sticking needles in my arm. And um, I'll never forget, I had just gotten high and a house manager knocked on the door. And he knew, like, just by the look on my face. And he was like, Max, office now. And he turned around and left to go to the office, which was across the way. And here's, here's some more divine intervention, right? So the director of the place at the time who never came on weekends, let alone a Sunday afternoon, right? I hear a knock at my door. I just got done getting dressed here knock, and it's this lady. It's the director. Her name is Sue. And I'm like, wow, like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And she didn't know. She's like, hey, Max, how you doing? Right. And because I had been there for like over nine months, you know, at this point. So they knew you. Year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she knew me. She kind of took me under her wing. She would take me to meetings that she would go to. Uh, I got invited to her house, you know, for barbecues. And, you know, she just kind of took me under her wing and, and she shows up and she's like, hey, how you doing, Max? And I, before I could lie to her, I just said, I did it again. And I'll never forget it. She just, she gave me this big hug and said, grab a backpack, get in your car, leave for three days, come back, test clean, and we'll start over. That's why September 27th of 2003 has been my sobriety date ever since, you know? Wow. And it was just weird because uh, there's so many weird stories. Like a year later, when I took a year sober, that same lady called me and asked me to get her some dope. She had relapsed. What? Oh, wow. yeah. And I just, it was on the day I turned one year sober. And I was like, at first I was like, ah, you're you're messing with me. Don't play around. She's like, I'm serious. I'm over at the, this motel. And uh, can you, um, you know, I, I was. That is wild, man. That is, that is oh, crazy. Yeah. But I can understand it because addiction is a terrible disease. Yeah, so I do. I, I mean, it's not it's not again. totally surprising, 
but it is at the same time, you know? Yeah. When it's someone you look up to, that's, you yeah. know, cause she had eight or nine years at the time. Right. And I was like, okay. And then I remember just calling my sponsor and I remember he said, do not leave the, your house and do not answer her phone call. So I just like, I turned off my, my phone and I sat in my house and didn't move. <laughs> Because that's how serious, because I, I made yeah. a promise to God and my sponsor. I'm like, I'm going to do this, whatever you want me to do. If that means standing on one foot, jumping up and down, rubbing my belly and tapping my head or whatever you want me to do. Right. Because I, I was done. I that that moment in life, I was done. So, you know, God definitely has watched out for me and, and didn't send me to prison. He had other plans for me. And, you know, like I got to join Apex 15 months ago and that has changed my life. You know, the people like yourself that I get to meet that are on the same path, Um so after you got sober, then you came a substance abuse counselor, right? Correct. And how long after you two got sober? In. Two two years in. Oh yeah, because I had thirty days. I wanted to because a good friend of ours who was actually who had just left the place that we were at um, is a good friend of mine. His name was Ben, and he he was in school, just about to finish school and become a certified counselor. Okay. And I was always like, cool. That's cool, Ben. You know, and I was thirty days, and I was doing whatever. Like, matter of fact, I worked with my sponsor and my grand sponsor, so they they felt they had to keep a good eye on me, right? Even though I didn't like answering phones and telemarketing or whatever, but I did whatever. But I was like, hey, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to school. And my sponsor just looked at me and he goes, no, you won't. I'll tell you when. But I, like I said, I, w- I told him I would never argue. I said, okay. And like I said, I dove into my program. You know, I just did whatever it took to stay sober. And two years had gone by and I totally forgot. And then he asked me one day when I was in his office, just having a chat with him. He goes, hey, you still want to do that? And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, go back to school. So I said, all right, I will. <laughs> and then I became a counselor. Wow. Two years sober. So I'm glad I waited. You know, I'm glad I put some time between me and my last drink and drug before I did that. You know what I mean? I I knew there was some work I had to do on myself before I I went out and did that. So, so now you have experience, strength, and hope that you can share with people as well as the education. Right. Absolutely. And then, um, yeah, you know, here's, here's what's funny. You know how we work, right? So, I get my first counseling job. It's in a mental health place, right? We are contracted. Uh, our place was contracted to work with Orange County. The first day, I, you know, I think it's the second day I'm on the job. I'm at my computer. I'm like, okay, well, I get this right idea. I'm going to sign up for college, right? I'm going to be one of my, I'm going to be my mom's first child to get a four-year college degree. Right, right. So I, I sign up for school, right? First three classes are like, oh, that's, who said this college stuff is hard, right? Until I got that fourth (laughs) class. Then I was like, what did I do? You know, but I, you know, it took me seven years, but you know, at 48, I earned my degree in psychology. I stuck with it. And you know, all the stuff that happened in between that, it's just, you know, like sobriety has been good. And then, you know, joining apex and meeting the amazing people, like, like I said, like yourself and the people we know. Hey, that it's are just, amazing to meet you too, Max, for sure. We've, we've never talked before tonight. So yeah, very amazing to meet you right. too, man. And so um, I got my degree and like, here we are, but there's all, you know, I, I think there's so many stories I can tell you. So I'm going to let you direct and ask. I'm an open book. I don't care. Um, I, I want to show people that they can leave a legacy because I never really used to think about that. Right. It's kind of amazing how, um, in Apex, they talk about leaving a generational legacy, right, for generations to come. And then Mike asked me to come on his podcast, which is called Master Your Legacy. So I posted something about that because I happened to go on a walk with my grandchildren. You know what I mean? And I go, now I get it. Like, 
it's not just for my kids. It's for my grandkids. It's for their kids. And it's for their kids. Like I want to leave a name where they said, my grandpa did this. And, and this it's is how and, he's affected my life. You know, some people might think it's financial, but and it can be financial, but it's really mm-hmm. about how many people and family is a is one of the main core components of this also. But it you know, right. family family financial really isn't isn't I mean, if you can leave, you know, finances to your kids and grandkids, that's great. But that's not really what this podcast is about. This podcast is about how many people can we touch in our lives. So for you getting your degree in psychology and then helping other people get sober and live lives that are completely different than addicts live and living sober lives, you're leaving not just a legacy in your family, but you're also leaving a legacy in every single person that, that you counsel. I didn't never thought about it that way until you just said that, but yeah, I guess I am leaving a legacy and right. That's why this is my passion. You know, I'll always, regardless if I get paid for it or not, if someone puts their hand out and says, Hey Max, I need help getting sober. Guess what? My hand will be there to grab theirs and, and, and do that. And if that's a legacy, you know, I'm, I'm pretty honored to be, to have that legacy, right? Cause God gave me a gift and I don't want it to ever to take it for granted. So, you know, I do my best, right. To, uh, to share what I've learned along my path with the people that are trying to get so, so to let them know, like, if I can do it, you can do it. So, so back to legacy, before you joined Apex, I ask everybody this question, before you joined Apex, you really hadn't thought about legacy at all, had you? Never, not that, really. That's just based off of what yeah. we've been talking about the last few minutes. And then you started Absolutely. seeing things about legacy and, and then how'd the ball get rolling on that? Well, you know, as you know, Ryan would post stuff about, you know, you just don't want to, I think it was him that something so I saw a post where someone talked about leaving a, a legacy for the generations, not just, you know, grandkids, but like out and it's not as, as deep as it is wide as it, I think the post was kind of saying, right. Like, like you said, so like, I didn't realize that me being sober and trying to help other people, I was leaving a legacy in this world, in the world, you yeah. know, in, in our, not just our country, but like now with this platform, you know, and trying to do coaching and, and writing my book. Now I realize that, right, you're right. I'm, I can leave a legacy around the world for, for generations to come. Like, okay, this guy really dove into his sobriety and tried to help other people. Wow. Like, because that's what we're taught, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in Apex is like help people, like help each other. Right? And like, and in sobriety too, you can't keep what you have unless you give it away. Absolutely right. So that's yeah. What I'm step saying. twelve. Like both yeah. Of, both of both of our support groups, right? Like you got to admit, guys like us are pretty blessed, right? Because we, we got are our, we got our sober support network, and then we got Apex. Yeah. And both are pretty amazing. You know what I mean? Like so, like I didn't realize that till the other day. I was thinking, like you know. I was looking at three years in prison, you know, I, I pretty much was the black sheep of my family, like to turn that around and now have this support from two totally different groups. Like I'm, I'm feel blessed. Like, you know, like sometimes you got to admit, like, why do I deserve this? But as they say, we do deserve it because we've done the work. Yeah. Right. And, it, and it's not because we just did the work. It's because we're sharing what we learned with other people. And that's key. I think, I think that's why we get this support that we do is because like you said, God, I believe in God. He sees yeah. that we're really trying to help other people. And, you know, like after my last relapse, you know, my sponsor said, you don't get to pick and choose who you help, Max. You've done blown that one. He goes, I don't <laughs> care if it's program or, you know, you help some lady across the street. You got to just go be of service. And, and, you know, anytime you feel like you're getting ready to want to use, you call me or you go help somebody that, you know, and, and I live by that. 
Like I live by that. Like if I'm having a rough time, I always look around or I get on my phone, you know, like, okay, who can I call that might need help today? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like the, the support that you and I get both, both of these amazing networks, as I, we like to call them is second to none. So, you know, I'm here for a reason. I know God's given me a purpose and I'm not going anywhere. How many people, since you've been a counselor, uh, how many people do you think that, that you've helped since you've been a counselor? Wow. That's kind of hard to answer. You know, I've been doing this for 13 years and, um, I mean, sadly to say, you know, like the success rate is, is really not as high as people think it is. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm not talking just the drinking, but, but you're, you got to, we got this thing called fentanyl nowadays. Right. And right. then we got all this other stuff that, um, and then we had the pandemic, which when the pandemic happened, brutal, yeah. Overdo- overdoses went through the roof, you know, mental health issues went through the roof. Um, I don't know. I've been doing this for 13 years. I'd like to say I helped every person that um, has come through the doors at places I've worked. Um, you know, it's sad to say, though, I've had a lot of people not make it back, you know, that that thought once they went through their 90 days, 60 days, 30 days, they were cured. They were cured. Yeah. But as you, you know, you and I know that's not the case. Yeah, we're never cured. We, we takes- pick up where we left off. The first day exactly. back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many calls, but, you know, I hope to, uh, like, I hope I'd like to say I've helped most of the people at least planted that seed that there's a better way of life than going out and getting drunk or loaded. And, you know, sometimes that garden doesn't grow immediately. Sometimes it takes some more failures before you see success, which is the same thing that we learn in Apex also. You know, absolutely. A failure is actually a win. And I posted about this earlier today. I do radio and I have radio clients and I go and see the client and I see how I can help their business. And then I sit down and I make a proposal for them. And if they get it, then I win and they win. If they don't get it, then I also win because I learned something new about that. I got to meet that person. I got to spend time with that person. I got to learn what I was doing wrong and maybe what I could have done better. So either way, I go into every situation that I'm in now with an attitude of no matter what happens in this situation, I am going to win. And that helps me with my mindset because now I don't freak out in situations because I know no matter what, I'm going to win. Exactly. And I've had to learn that in the last 15 months. Like I've learned like even I may not have gotten a new client or, you know, and and my coaching biz or whatever, but just because I didn't get that doesn't mean I didn't win. Like, I, I love what you just said, because when you get to know someone on a different level and you get to get to know them even better and they get to know you, it's like, you're right. That's a win-win situation. Yeah, it is. It might not be a you financial know? win, but that's okay. It's a win in some way, shape or form. You know, Absolutely. no matter what happens, you can always take something away from that situation and turn it into a win. So no matter what. And then how can you have fear? How can you have anything else if you're always going to win no matter what? You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And you're right that that doing exactly that has changed my mindset in that sense. Cause I used to be like, you know, cause for me, it was, it's easy for me to speak at a, say like an AA meeting, right? Cause we know yeah. that's our, that's our tribe, right? That's, right. They, I can tell some crazy story and they're going to laugh. Yeah. Right. They're going to laugh with me because they understand the craziness. Right. And you know, yeah. If we told some of our crazy stories on a certain stage and we're speaking, we might clear out the place like, dude, call the funny paddy wagon with the straight jacket. <laughs> yeah, this that dude's straight up psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. Nine one one. Hello, we need your help. And I know that too, because I tell those stories sometimes. People just look at me like, what? What is wrong with this guy? 
but that's oh, okay. Absolutely. So, but we learn how to tweak it, right? So, yeah. but now I, I find like I share or I'll post something really serious about like something like that, where I just lost a client, you know, who, who thought one more time I can do this, but now he's not here because now he doesn't get to tell mom and dad, I'm sorry. He doesn't get to tell his girlfriend, I'm sorry. You know, um, you know, some of my toughest challenges have happened in recovery. Uh, yeah. five years ago. Right. So like, I'll give your audience a little bit of background more of what I went through as a sober person. Um, so three days after I turned 13 in 2015, my sister would pass away. Oh. Right. Eight months later in 2016, my brother would lose his battle to addiction and commit suicide. Six months to the day on Thanksgiving day in 2016, my mom would die of a broken heart, literally. And that following Monday, I would stick my daughter in drug and alcohol treatment. You know, and as recent as two years ago, I lost my grandbaby, you know, to a mitochondrial oh, disease. And a week later on my way to work, my son almost lost his battle and had a massive stroke at 30 years old because of poor choices, drug addiction, you know, not taking care of himself. You know, I've even had people in recovery. I'm sure, you know, you've heard it like when you go through a rough thing. Oh, you got every reason. I'm No, I don't have every reason. I got every reason to stay sober or I'm not going to be here for my family, you know, or they're going to not only be worrying how to bury my mom, they're going to be worrying like, where's Max at? There he goes. Right. Disappearing or how to bury you know? Max. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it actually strengthened my, you know, my recovery. And it was right after I lost my brother is when, you know, I had, I've known Chris Whitehead, you know who Chris Whitehead is, and uh, I've known him for 10 years now, right? But it was right after my brother had passed because he he helped me write my book, right? He he helped me with the outline of my book. And, and what's the I name of your just, book, Max? Oh, it's called um, Fearless Happiness. The happiness is spelled with a Y for a reason. And it's called Fearless Happiness, My Addiction, My Battles, My Recovery. Okay. And it's basically a journey from my addiction, my active addiction into recovery and, and the stuff that I learned. You know, I explained the 12 principles that you know, right? But I explained yeah. it in a way where anybody could understand, like, this is what got me sober. Hopefully it could help you. Right. Because as you know, our, our big book says even normal people could benefit from these principles. Right. You're, yeah. Anybody can. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was that's when I like, OK, I got to write my book. I got to finish it. So I reached out to Chris. He was like the second person I called after my brother had passed away and we connected again. And, you know, we've been working. He's been like a very good friend, coach, mentor. Uh, you've heard him talk about Lonnie, who passed away in March of COVID. You know, he was he's the one that. um gave me the nickname, the fearless happiness ninja. Cause he goes, dude, you're always smiling. Like you could go through the worst thing. And when we get on a call, you're always smiling and making jokes and grinning. And I go, well, life's too short, you know, to not smile. So he gave me that nickname. And then, um, and then shortly thereafter, I think, yeah, after I wrote my book and, uh, Chris hit me up and he says, dude, you got to join this network. And I'm like, what is it called? You know, he goes, and what year is this? Apex. This is in 2017. Um, no, this is in 2019 no. or 2020. I joined Apex in March of 2020. Okay, March 2020. Okay. And that was right when right. the pandemic was was hitting also. It was two weeks before the shutdown, right? So yeah. Like, I'm all excited. Yeah, Penn, you know, I'm hearing about, like, I'm seeing Ryan post about his, his you know, meetups and MDM and, like, cool, I'm ready for this. And then they say, oh, we're all shut down because, you know, that's when Ryan switched it up and said, yeah, we're going to do it virtual. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was really cool yeah. the way he did that, too. If, if you don't follow Ryan Stuman on Facebook, follow Ryan Stuman on Facebook. He yeah. posts fire every single day, multiple times yeah. a day. It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's when I, I said he's got it. He's this when it comes to content, he's the superhuman Superman 
of constant he is uh, content like he comes up with stuff all the time i know i don't know about you but i know me sometimes i'm racking my brain like what am i gonna post about exactly yeah i i get it like rattle the brain (laughs) it's like how can you keep up with that (laughs) yeah you know i was still I was teasing Chris one day. I go, dude, like one time I told him, slow down. Like, or like when my kids are all yelling at me, right? I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down. I said, look, your dad's got two brain cells left. And I go, right now they're arguing with each other. So they don't need you to butt in. (laughs) Slow down. Right. So it's like, I have to rattle those two around and go, okay, I got something. Start typing. But I, it takes me sometimes I'm like, can't think of anything. <laughs> and then I see Ryan, like he's got two or three throughout the day. Right. Yeah. Long posts too. Yeah. They're not short. They're, they're yeah. long posts. Yeah. I don't even think I've ever seen a really short post of his, maybe a couple in the 15 months I've been part of apex. That's yeah. Crazy. So awesome, man. Well, uh, so, so here you are 15 months in apex. You had surgery seven months ago, right? No. Okay. Here's what happened. Okay. So like I work where I'm working today, seven months ago in November, they eliminated my position. So like my wife's okay. I'll go back to work. You can take care of mom. Like, so I helped caretake for her mom who's got Alzheimer's. Uh, that was seven months ago in November. So I do everything like they say online. I sign up to get unemployment. I figure I haven't even used it. You know, this is a good time for me to, you know, help the wife out and stay home and, and, and get paid yeah. for it. You yeah. know, by, I mean, it's not like you can do much. You're in California too with the tightest covid restrictions there are yeah 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 governor newsom like really put the like tight reins on us right so i did everything you know a month or so almost two months go by nothing right i'm like i'm not getting and i'm not even getting the bank of america card that you get your pay on so i write i try to you know trying to contact something a government agency like that you're going to get to go we got too many calls call back later click they, they hang up for you right so I went through this process of trying to get a hold of them. Then they're telling me every time I would give them my name and my address, they say your name matches, but the address isn't matching. But they wouldn't tell me where the address was, right? So, and I'm fighting them. Like, so, you know, one lady helped me redo it manually. So I did it like the papers were like we used to do when we were younger and nothing, right? And then finally, one lady felt so bad. She's like, it's saying your address is somewhere in Huntington Park, California. And I said, I know where that is. That's in LA County. I said, I've never lived in Huntington Park. She goes, it looks like somebody has stolen your identity, right? So she filed a fraud case. Um, I filed one. I called my local assembly woman. I got that ball uh, ball rolling back in March. Still nothing, right? And every time I try to get it or finally get a hold of someone, nope, there's, you know, we can't, we can't verify that's you. I've sent in so many documents, right? Well, finally, this involving the assembly lady, it worked, right? Because now they're finally saying, okay, we have a claim. We can move forward now. But I went seven months without income, right? Yeah, that's so, rough. You know, yeah. And I got a mother-in-law to help take care of. I got a house, you know, my wife, the bills. And, you know, so it's been like, okay, God, like, I get you're trying to teach me a lesson about not quitting or stopping. I get that. I can do that. But this is not cool. You know, like, yeah, I'm yeah. struggling here. Um, you know, and then my friend Lonnie passes in March. Right. I was doing everything in Apex that we're taught to do, you know, like building your machine and I'm posting like crazy. And then he passes and it's just like I, I for like two, I think it was two or three weeks, I just disappeared from Facebook. Like I just didn't do anything. You know, and I reached out to Chris and other members of Apex and it's like I gotta get back into this. And since about April and April, May, I've started slowly going back, you know, and, and getting on those calls that Chris does and just 
trying to now it's for me it's about being consistent and doing the work again i've been trying to post at least one post consistently a day and then i like i said i came back to work and then i realized like i love this place and don't get me wrong but it, it, it there's something switched in me when it's like now i know what ryan does now I know why Chris does what he does. Like, I want that freedom. It's not about the money, right? But it's that freedom I want to, I want to keep that promise I made to my wife when I married her four years ago, that I was going to give her the best life possible, right? So what that means for her is being able to go wherever her grandkids are, right? Yeah. Or go travel to see her son. See, because her son got her, his wife is in the Air Force, right? So when she enlisted after boot camp, they went to New Mexico. So then her next four-year term, she actually went to England, right? So yes, my wife got to visit her, but it's not the same as like, you know, we get to see our other grandkids because they're so close to us. But she wants to be, I want to give her that life where we can get in an RV and go, we're going to go sit over there and we're going to go see the grandkids, you know? And not have to worry about anything financially. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Money. Yes, of course. I want to make the money, but you know, but I want to follow my dream and and still do what I do, but on a bigger scale. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'll tell you, be honest, like I, I want to help executives, high performers and CEOs that maybe have lost their way because the stress of keeping a company together or, yeah. you know, are struggling with substance abuse or anxiety or depression. Cause I've been through all of that. And that's all legacy stuff. That is all helping other people with their legacies. And that's a hell of a legacy to have. Right. And, and that's, it's my goal and I'm not going to stop until I, I, I do that, you know, and, but like, I'm sure you've gone through it. Like you get that imposter syndrome, like, cause I've been in, like when I went to the meetup in February and I met some of these people that I was talking to online, like I'm actually sitting here face to face with some of these executives. You go like, like, wow, I'm really here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't belong surreal. here. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's surreal, like, you know, I'm so like, what, what I, is the imposter syndrome for our podcast listeners out there? If you want, if you can kind of break that down so people can understand. Okay. So what that, what I gather imposter syndrome is right. So like thinking or believing to you, like that negative self-talk, like you're doing something and then you see like the, the Ryan Stumans of the world. Yeah. Uh, who are on Chris, fire. You know what I mean? It. Yeah. And, and, and you think like, well, I can't do that because I'm not good enough. Right. Or I I don't think I'm in their class. That's at least that's what I've learned that what that meaning is, is like thinking you're not good enough to be with them. So I've had to change that mindset. And like, cause I used to tell, shoot, I even wrote Ryan one time, like, I don't think I belong. And he's like, Chris and them and yourself, we'd agree. Like you and I, like we have nine years, we have nine years in the trenches. Almost. I have almost 18. Like we are more than good enough to be what we do. You know what I mean? And and that imposter syndrome is that, that negative self-talk that tells us that we're not good enough, that we don't belong in this arena. And so that's what I've learned. The that's committee. I think it means. The old committee yeah, the starts. Itty, yeah. <laughs> the itty bitty shitty committee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I got two of them all the time. Like they're all arguing. But um, I hope that makes sense. But, you know, I like, like I've shifted that now. Like, like, wow, you know, I became a certified counselor. I got my four year degree. Plus, I got 18 years of like on the job, like school of hard knocks training. Yeah. I'm as good as any of these guys, you know. I mean, I you could, you could open up your own coaching business tomorrow and, and kill it, Max. Well, that's what I'm working on. It's called Fearless Happiness. So I yeah, actually created my business. So now it's just about doing the work and, uh, and continuing on that trail of letting people know that I'm here, right? Because I did have that for so long, that imposter syndrome that 
well, I wouldn't even like like or something like Ryan's post because like, I felt like I wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? Like I don't belong on his page. Shoot, now I'll just write shit out. You know? What yeah, I mean? it doesn't or matter do my po- because you win you know, no matter what. You win no matter what you post. Yeah, see, and I wish I'd have met you a long time ago and tell me that a long time ago, right? Because but you're right, Max. Joe. I just figured it out, man. I just I just figured <laughs> it out, dude. Uh, seriously, uh, like I had no idea. I had never thought about. I, I joined Apex May fourth. Oh, cool. Yeah. May the fourth be with you. And it was with me because that's the day that I, <laughs> that I joined apex. And, and since I've been paying attention, I had a conversation with Jamie Hyde and, uh, have you had a, oh. have you talked with Jamie Hyde? Like with he's the zoom? That co- yes. He's and, done that with me too. So I know what you're talking about. He was asking me about guy. what I want to be and how I want life to be when I'm 80 years old and, and, and right. making out a roadmap to get there. And, and I started thinking, well, well, man, and then I started seeing things about legacy and I'm like, well, what about after 80? What about when I leave this earth? What do I want people to say about me when I leave this earth? What do I want my kids, my grandkids to think about me when I leave this earth? What, I, what do I want them right. to tell their kids when I'm gone? And, and that's a legacy. What if I can help figure this out? And I, I made a post in the Apex group and I said, look, I am not a master on this at all. And I'm still not a master. I'm not an expert and I do not claim to be. That's the first line in my bio on the MasterYourLegacy.com website. But I, the first thing I, I, I said, look, I want to interview these people to figure out what they're doing because I, I see what you're doing, Max. And I look up to you, man. Seriously, I see what you're posting on Facebook. I, you got the Fearless Happiness podcast. You had the Fearless Happiness book. You're about to start Fearless Happiness coaching, man. You're you're ahead of me, man. You, you got twice as much time sober as me. You're you're ahead of me, man. And and I look up to you, man. And that's why I got you on the podcast because whether you realize it or not, and I think you've realized a little more than you did before, but you are mastering your legacy by helping all these people out there. You are mastering your legacy, man. And it's amazing to see that. I mean, there are probably thousands thousands of people out there that have come into contact with you over the years and you might have planted seeds in them when you came into contact with them and a garden doesn't grow overnight it takes time for tomato plants because our stories and 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 listen to look max's podcast the fearless happiness podcast he invited me to be on the podcast and i'm going to tell my story on the podcast i'm not going to tell it tonight on this podcast i'm going to tell it on 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 his podcast and you're going to find out man our stories are eerily similar eerily similar awesome. yeah and i've never yeah, told that know, publicly I, before that's huge and one i gotta say thank you you just gave me chills because like i said you know and you know what i'm talking about maybe because it like it doesn't matter if i have 18 years you have nine years or one years here's what here's how i try to build my legacy since you're since we're talking about legacy right like i tell the new guys that come and stay to a meeting or even the guys that come into treatment right i said look I may have 18 years. I may just look at it as I have a few more days than you. What I try to do to connect with them, like you and me, right? It doesn't matter. I always say, Mike, look, we're side by side in this journey. No one walks in front. No one walks in back. We do this together. And this is what I found about Apex, which has actually helped strengthen my recovery because it got me back to the basics, what I learned early on. So like what's kept me sober for 18 years is that community, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, the people that are on the same path as you, right? Maybe recovery is a little different, right? Because you got like, you do have way different points of view. You got the new who's like, got the deer in the headlight look like, I don't know what sober looks like and I'm scared to death. Right. So that's kind of like, I'm the newbie when it comes to this success stuff they talk about in apex, right? I'm the deer like, okay. Right. Like this is new to me, but, but what I've changed my mind on is I, all I can do is put my best foot forward. Right. Yeah. 
And if I always lead with the right intentions, you know, with a, with a pure heart, you're right. I'm going to plant some seeds and it doesn't matter. Right. Because ultimately, like my mom used to tell me, like towards the end, she's always wanted, she would find any reason to have me come over to take me out to dinner. Right. Cause she loved to go out to dinner. I'm like, mom, save your money. And she's like, why? <laughs> I can't take it with me. Like quit this, saying this that. is what I live and for. I, yeah. Yeah, I get it, right? She just, that was her way of showing how much she loved me, right? Because she wasn't the most affectionate. She did at the end, but like growing up because she worked her tail off, right? Maybe she, because she worked two jobs sometimes and she always made sure my brother and I had what we needed. And, you know, we never went without food. Um, But what I learned from her is like, basically what they teach us in the program. She goes, you got to live for today, right? Like I'm going to be the best mom I can be for you today, Let's enjoy our, each other's company and let's, you know, take me out to eat or, or whatever. And, um, you know, and the best gift that I ever gave my mom, and it was two weeks before she passed, we were in her assisted living. We're watching TV Monday nights were my Monday nights to spend the night with her. You know, I'd keep an eye out on her and I'd make sure she had dinner and, and we'd sit on the couch and watch TV together. And, and she, she, she reaches her hand over, starts rubbing, like tapping my leg. And, and she looks at me and she goes, you know, thank you for the 13 years. I mean, I had just turned 14, but I didn't want to argue yeah. with her. She's like, thank you for the 13 years of sobriety. She goes, God answered my prayers. And like, what do you say to that? You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Like, I just, I just looked at her, you know, and, and I share that like at, at an AA meeting, I'll always share that. I'll always, what I share is like, like now what it would be say I go speak, you know, for 17 years, if she was alive, I'd say the best I ever gave my mom was that she gets to put her head on a pillow and actually go to sleep and get some sleep. I could, she doesn't have to worry where her son is, whether it's a hospital or a jail cell or out yeah. the streets, you know, running amok. Um, and, and what I'm learning is to take some of the things I've learned in my recovery and apply it over here at apex to, um, you know, and I just share honestly, right? And like I've noticed, Ryan's either liked or loved a lot of my posts lately. Yeah, which never used to happen, right? But like you said, it's like that's not why I do it, right? But it it shows me like when you do come from the heart and you just share honestly, like people know it. Like there are people it's out there watching genuine. guys like me and you, Mike. You know what I mean? Like they're watching what we're doing, and in the, in the silence of the background, they're going to say like, "What's Mike doing? Like I want to see what he's really up to, or what's Max really up to, right?" And here we are, two guys who got sober that are sharing stories and leaving our legacies for our families and for the people around us. And, you know, you and I are leaving a legacy for APEC, whether yeah. we like to believe it or not. Yeah. You know, how much of a legacy do we want to leave? Do we want to leave a ripple effect or do we want to leave a tsunami effect? Right. Right. And, and they have given us so much. So why have. not leave them a legacy? Exactly. Yeah. Represent for sure. Yeah, I know my life has changed so much. And, and you know, there have been some moments that I felt like I might have that imposter syndrome going back a little bit. But, man, lately, this past week, really since I started this Master Your Legacy podcast, and you're my third guest on here, man, I am doing what I love. And I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to do, which is, I mean, this podcast, people, we don't have a ton of listeners on this podcast yet. But this might end up being something that people go back and it might end up helping millions and millions of people in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and and to know that is just it's crazy, you know, to be able to help people. It's what we're meant to do. We're all put on this earth to make a positive difference in this world. Right. 
Absolutely. God didn't put us on this earth to do negative or be lazy. He actually right. wants when, us to help. And when we've done negative, we've, we've faced the wrath of that. I know I have, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a, it's a swift kick in the ass. It, it really is. It's a, it's a, right. you know, we, we, we get, we get our hands slapped when, when we, when we put out the negative in the world, but we, when we put out positive, that's when doors open, you know? And the other thing that I love about the apex people is everywhere I've gone my entire life, I have felt shunned by people. It doesn't matter what school I went to. It doesn't matter what group of people I joined. It doesn't matter what town I lived in. I've always felt shunned by people. And a lot of that was my own mindset. And not one person in Apex in the past two months has shunned me on anything. Right. And that... Best group. Yeah. Best network I've ever been a part of besides the alcoholics. But even alcoholics are, you know, those... You'll find that sometimes. I I, yeah. I, I got to admit, I've been to meetings where it's like, you're not part of that group. They look at you like, why are you even here? Like Apex, like you said, has given nothing but open arms and hugs. To, like when I went to the, the in-person meetup in February, you know, I got to hug like so many people that I had conversations over like DMs and you know what I mean? It was amazing. Like no one said like, Ooh, who are you? Like, Hey, right. there's Max. See, because like, before you joined, what happened was I went through 75 hard with Chris. We started November of last year, right? And it was right yeah. after I, I lost my job. Uh, so it was cool because it kept me going. And I would do videos. I would do short lives where I said, you know, I'm out here torturing myself. Not because <laughs> it I can, have to. It can right? feel like but that too. Because yeah. I get to. Yeah. Like I always talk about the things I get to do, whether yeah. it's something I struggle with or something I'm having fun with. And I, you know, at that meetup, hey, Max, you're the get-to guy. I go, yep, that's me. And they would high-five me. Yeah, there's a get-to guy. Max, you get to do this. I go, that's right. So, that's yeah, maybe I'm awesome leaving a legacy of get-to. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, all those things, you know, sayings that we've said in the past, you know, um, you're the first person that I've heard say, and I say, Max, I say this two or three times a week that I feel like I have two brain cells and or three brain cells and two of them aren't talking to each other right now. <laughs> I think I said that yesterday or today. Seriously, I have not heard somebody say that in over 20 years. Oh, it's been no, 20 I, years. I, there was this guy named, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but it was it was in a meeting and uh, he said that one time and, and <laughs> I haven't heard that. So we do leave legacies. You know, he left a legacy yeah. with me by saying that because now I say it to other people. There are, there are right. so many ways to leave legacies out there that it's crazy that we don't even think of that we just take for granted all the time. So Absolutely. Exactly. You know, like I don't take for granted that we get to do this together tonight. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the things like I, I take that for like, see, like people think I just made up that, but you know, I learned that I didn't, that was something I didn't make up. My sponsor told me that early on, right? Like when I got my first job or like you know, I would take any job I had. I hadn't worked in nine years. So I had like no resume. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what was your job? Oh, drug user, drug seller. You know? Yeah. I'm you a hell of I mean? a salesman though. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I can tell you what a quarter looks like, a half it looks like, you know, all that, if that works. But if you need me to weigh stuff, I, you know, I can help you out with yeah. that. <laughs> and I would bitch and moan about dragging my tool bucket and my tool bags and and going and he'd always remind me max you know remember where you are were before you got here at the you know the famous gray bar motel when you were on your bunk wishing you had these to carry to a bus stop to get on a bus to go to work and he'd always right size me you know what i mean like when i would get that like i deserve a car like no you blew that 
you know, that privilege for a while, it'll come back. Just keep, you know, I first heard doing the work for my sponsor. Like I, when I got to apex, I heard that again. It was like, Oh wow. This is like, at first it was like deja vu. Where did I hear this before? And that might be why I like this so much because it is, there are a lot of, does it remind you of, it does. Yeah. There there are a lot of days. Yeah. Deja vu moments in this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember like sitting and it wasn't me, but it was another guy. He was like bitching to a sponsor right after I was belonged to a big men's stag my first 10 years of sobriety when I was in Orange County, right? Every Thursday I was there and there's guy bitching to a sponsor, just totally like some whining pretty much. And he's like, I forgot his name, but he's like, Hey, stopped him. And I was like right next to him. And he goes, do you hear this? And the guy looks at him and he's like, what? He's all, he goes, do you know what that is? And the guy's like, no, what is that? He goes, that's you sucking the fucking life out of me. Go do the work and go do your steps. Hardcore. And I was like, I was hardcore. I just, I mean, I almost peed my pants laughing so hard, but that guy got it finally. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I saw the look on his face because I was standing next to him and he's like, oh yeah, okay. I better just keep my mouth shut. But that's where I heard it at first. Like I remember hearing do the work, do the work. And I was like, man, I've heard this somewhere before, you know? And then I realized my sponsor would tell me that just keep doing the work or, you know, do your steps. But he always called it doing the work, do the yeah. hard work. There, there's a guy that I show a Ted talks to that's a recovering addict. And his three main principles are always be authentic, right? Surrender the results and always, always do the hard work. And the guy's like been a CEO like seven times. He's a multimillionaire, you know? wow. but he always talks about, I'm a reco- I'm still a recovering addict. That doesn't yeah. go away. It doesn't. No, as long as I live, as long as I live by these principles that was taught by his sponsor that you go, these are what you need to do every day. You know, and I realized that's what I've been doing. That's probably what you've been doing for nine years. That's why we stay in long-term recovery. Yeah. We don't stray from that. We might have our moments, but we don't stop doing that work. And we have our know? core values as well. And we stick to those core exactly. values. Exactly. Yeah. Before I even really realized yes, what they were, I had my things that I stuck. I like integrity, you know, always doing the right thing. Right. You don't rip people off. You don't lie to people. Right. You know, those kinds of things. Yep. You know, always keep your word. You know, if you say you're going to do yep. something, do it. You know, those kinds of things. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that that's really helped me stay sober as well. All right, Max, we're going to kind of wrap up this podcast. We're, we're at about 60 minutes here and usually we go 30, right. but this has been a, <laughs> this has been well, a great, thank you for a great evening, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been great. And I hope uh, people out there can really uh, get some inspiration from this podcast. And, and it doesn't matter what you've been through out there. It doesn't matter what you've been through at all. You can always leave a massive legacy. You can, you can have a living legacy and you can have a legacy after you go. And there's, there's no reason that you can't start having a legacy now. Create your legacy today, Absolutely. you know, pinpoint what you want your legacy to be, what you want people to say about you now and what you want people to say about you when you're gone and start working towards that. And, uh, it'll happen. Absolutely. As long as you do the work, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as long as you do the work, as long as you do the work, you know, and like, I appreciate you letting me go over your time. Oh man, but, it's, um, it's been a pleasure and an honor, a, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, the honor is all mine. You know, it's a privilege. I always look at it. This is a privilege for me to be a guest. So yeah, I can't wait to have you on mine and, and we'll continue this conversation because I know you got a lot to share, but thank you for having me on. You know, this has definitely been the bright spot of my night so far. Right on, man. Good to hear. All right. Uh, that's going to go ahead and wrap up the Master Your Legacy podcast. Uh, episode three here 
with Max Naist. And we can't wait until next week. Make sure that you uh, share this with your friends and and anybody that might benefit from hearing this. Make sure you share it with them and uh, rate this on iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes if you can and visit MasterYourLegacy.com. And if you have any questions, you can always leave a voicemail on MasterYourLegacy.com. You just click a button right there on your phone and it lets you record right to the website. And then we'll play that question back and then answer the question the best we can for you. So MasterYourLegacy.com. Max, thank you so much. Have a great evening and we will continue this conversation on Max's podcast, the Fearless <laughs> Happiness Podcast. And you can also buy Max's book. It's Fearless Happiness and look for Fearless Happiness Coaching as well with Max Naist. So thank you so much, sir. Have a great night. You too, Mike. Thank you so much.